Welcome to the Headfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post-Dispatch, joined from Edmonton, Jim Thomas, up in bubble hockey. Back here in the STL, we have Tom Timmerman tracking the Blues closely. Well, guys, uh, we are waist deep in, into hockey. Now, the Blues haven't been as busy as some of their uh, some of their cohorts. Man, you turn on the TV, there's a game on as we're recording this. There's a game on all day, all night. Uh, man, we are, we are, we are getting uh, awash in really good hockey. Yeah, I, I, I want to say I'm surprised at how good the hockey has been and just how intense, especially these these best of five games have been. I mean, uh, you know, most of these guys wouldn't be here if they weren't highly competitive. And, man, it really shows. We've seen some hard hits, players laid out, fights, just uh, just overall intensity. And it's almost like, a you know, an August version of March Madness in basketball. It's been a, been a lot of – Fun to watch, and uh, that's what the Blues have done. A lot of watching. Uh, you know, I wrote about the the bubble hockey. Uh, their their life. It's pretty boring so far. They've played. You know, these guys. They're bred. They're like thoroughbreds. They're made to. They're made to play hockey, and they've had two games. They've been here eleven days now. They've been here two days. What the hell? They want to play hockey. Yeah. The 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 worst thing. The three day break between games is like I think one of the things hockey players hate the most. Their bodies may feel great and refreshed, but by that, you know, day four, when you finally get in a game, it seems like it's been an eternity since they've been out there. Uh, it's a long time. So um, after this game uh, against Vegas, they'll start getting into a bit more of a rhythm, uh, unless a series were to end early. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really time to get started. Now, there's a sharp contrast between watching baseball outside a bubble and hockey inside a bubble. Uh, baseball players, not, they're not supposed to high-five. They're supposed to keep a distance. Got coaches wearing their, uh, their mask. Hockey, guys are punching each other. They're doing the mm-hmm. face wash. There's a scrum after a lot of whistles. I mean, it's just, it's just full on. There's no social distancing, JT. No, there's not. And, you know, they're even getting hit with some uh, unwashed pucks, you know, sometimes in the uh, face. You don't know if those pucks have been sanitized or, or not. No, it's crazy. And I was very curious after Carolina polished off the Rangers. How about your Rangers? They, they wait four and a half months for this, and now they're done. But anyway, there's always next year, as they, uh, as they say. Just like Mike Mart said after that Super Bowl loss to New England, uh, we'll be back. Ooh. Well, yeah. not, not, not exactly. But anyway, they got in a line, and they did fist bumps, quick fist bumps. But there were a couple, like, mini man hugs and stuff. So, yeah, not, not a whole lot of social distancing out there. People seem like they were concerned for and you know what you know in an age of the coronavirus you know what'll contact be like what'll hitting be like and the players apparently feel very comfortable there that no one's no one's sick no one's going to give it to anybody else and you can go into corners and you can do all the stuff that you've ever done in a hockey game and unfortunately the Blues have mostly just like watched all of this uh, stuff unfold they've had the exhibition game they had one round, round robin game. Uh, meanwhile, the best of five series are grinding on and uh, very exciting hockey. So the ramp up for the Blues, JT, uh, very slow. And going into the Vegas Golden Knights uh, matchup here, these guys have to be getting pretty antsy. Yeah, yeah, they they're 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 antsy. There's they're, they're, there's not a lot to, lot to do in the in the bubble. Uh, even old school guys, Braden Shen strikes me as an old school guy. Even he brought video games. I mean. He just they, they they just want to do something, but but again they're they're bred to play hockey. It's what they do, and 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 they want to get out there. And and you know as Tom mentioned, you know they will have two off days 
between this and uh, and Dallas. But uh, once once they get to the uh, uh, to the first round, the round of 16, they'll basically be playing every other day again, unless it's a short series. So they'll they'll, they'll get going. But they're at the point, and Petrangelo said it many times. Braden Shen has. They're at the point where you know the Allen uh, Iverson point practice. You're talking about practice. They're they're sick of practicing. So they I I think they need games to get to their game. Clearly. I mean, that's, that's – and they need games that matter. I mean, they can still go out, and we've seen it in the two games they've played so far. They know what's at stake, and they have, I think, played a style that reflects what they know is at stake, which is, you know what, the number one seed, the number four seed, not that big a difference, uh, and you just want to be ready when that first round starts. Now, the, uh, the positive note, right away, you get a, uh, a David Prawn doing the Alex Ovechkin. And you get a power play goal, like everything. Oh, okay, here come the Blues. And then, you know, um, even strength, uh, some stretches of good cycling. Uh, the rest of the power play, a few flashes here and there. But, but JT, um, got to get some offense going, and uh, certainly um, some opportunities, but not not a lot to talk about in the, uh, the round robin match against the uh, the Lanch. Yeah, and especially that top line, or nominally the top line uh, in in the Shen line. I mean, I guess you could you could make the case that. O'Reilly could be, be the top line, one and one A maybe, but uh, uh, I think they had one five-on-five five shot in the Colorado game, Shen Schwartz and Tarasenko. I thought Tarasenko took a little, maybe a little bit of step back from the exhibition game, and he still seems uh, just a little hesitant, you know, going into the corners contact-wise to, to me, and not that he was ever, you know, like a maniac on the walls and with the puck battles, but but he 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 can do that work when he when he wants to, and and that's how that helps you maintain puck possession. And and he hasn't done a whole lot of that. So they they need to get their act together. They've been they've been very very effective over these uh, uh, what uh, two plus years since uh, since Shen arrived, and 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 they need to get going. I, I I don't know. Tarasenko looked great in practice, but again, it was just practice, and and I think maybe he's, he's finding out the games are, are a little bit different. He. He looked a little rusty, more rusty against Colorado than, than against Chicago, I thought. Yeah, I think there's any there's an inherent, you know, body stiffness one has just when you haven't done, you know, guys haven't done it in four months, he hasn't done it in nine months. And that's well, it narrows the gap, it's still gotta be pretty tough. I mean, we saw that he needed a maintenance day after the Chicago game. Um, your your body's gonna be sore and he's He's, but he's got another week or he's got six days, you know, who knows what, uh, when that next series will begin, if they'll be out there on Tuesday uh, next week or not. But um, yeah, but they get, they, you know, I think we saw progress as that game went on. Uh, we finally saw in the later periods some extended zone time, uh, which is an instrumental part of uh, blues hockey, but um, it's uh, it's gradual. Now, a po- another positive in, in the game, Jordan Bennington was moving really well uh, side to side. Uh, he was uh, effective uh, against the, the Lanch, tough break <laughs> at the end, um, you know, 0.01. But, uh, you know, and on, on the, the goal the, before that, I mean, you get a Graves fans on the pass, draws the eyes away from Bennington and then, and then hits a nice shot. So that bit of a, a bad break for Jordan. But on balance, Jordan Bennington was good, and you need your goaltender, first and foremost, to be on his game. And, you know, compared to some of the other goalies so far in bubble hockey, uh, you have to feel at least good about Jordan Bennington. 
Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And I think uh, round robin or not, this, that was an important game for him because we remember what happened the last two times he played Colorado, January 2nd, January 18th. Those are the only two games he's ever been pulled in, in regular season anyway in, in his career. I mean, he gave up seven goals in one and then was pulled after allowing four goals in 11 shots. So uh, I think it was a good message to kind of to send Colorado, hey, that, that wasn't Jordan Bennington. This is Jordan Bennington. And it would have been so much more of an exclamation point had they been able to finish off that victory, but, but they, they weren't. I, I, it looked like he, you know, I think we all saw the replay a lot of that last goal. It looked like was it the Landeskog shot that hit the post. It looked like Bennington kind of stumbled for some reason. And, you know, maybe he wouldn't be in position anyway for the Codry shot, but he just had, he just had no chance because he, he kind of stumbled. And I, I don't think it was because of contact. Yeah. One thing about that, game with Colorado and again it's the round robin so it's a whole different series of events they, they held Colorado to two goals I mean that's that's not a bad accomplishment considering that they had given up what, seven and five in the previous two meetings um, so I mean that was defensively as you know that was a good step I mean there were I think Colorado probably felt it could have had one or two more goals of things if, if they made some shots but uh, defensively you know that was a that was a good step for the Blues. Now, the Vegas Golden Knights, an interesting challenge. Uh, we'll, we'll start off a goal where um, Robin Leonard get, got the first call in, in round robin. Marc-Andre Fleury is the guy with the, uh, the cup experience, but at the start of the, uh, the camp there, he, uh, after all the individual work, he needed some time off to try to build it. He's an older guy, needed some time to get his body right to go through the practice. And I think that's one of the many teams of Vegas that uh, is trying to figure out the goaltending, you know, the Rangers tried to figure it out you know, without success. They, they tried King Henrik and then they went back to the, the, the Russian prospect who's very exciting. And, and unfortunately for them, they're out of the series. Um, but Vegas, one of the teams that's got to figure that out, you know, and uh, it was interesting. The, the first game out, I didn't know what to make the highlights I saw of, of how well uh, Leonard played, but uh, I'm kind of curious to see how Vegas uh, JT, what they're going to do, particularly in goal going forward. Yeah, so far they've alternated. Uh, uh, they had Flurry in the in the uh, in the pre in the in the exhibition game, and, and then they went with Leonard. And so I would assume. I mean, I, there's been no announcement so far that that it, that the, the Blues will see Flurry. But uh, yeah, a lot of teams are going with two. It makes you think. Not that we'll necessarily see Allen uh, once the the uh, elimination rounds begin. Does 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 he get a start before they're out of round robin? Just a quick aside. Uh, Jeff, I watched uh, the uh, Zoom call with uh, Reeves and Leonard talking about kneeling. And we know Reeves is a big man, right? He looked almost tiny compared to Leonard. Leonard must be the world's largest goalie. Now, he's, I had to look up how much he's listed as weighing, 240 pounds. No, he's not 240 pounds. It was, it was amazing. Big guy, big man. Well, you know, Jim, there's a, if you recall from your football days, the saying that if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Um, so I don't know what that says, though, about, uh, you know, but teams are going to be willing, it seems, to go with multiple goalies or to change things up. Um, you know, in the Blues case, it's more than just to get, you know, Jake Allen time. I don't know if there's any scenario in which we see Jake Allen unless Bennington hits, you know, a multiple, multiple game cold spot. But other teams seem more willing to, Hey, we'll try this guy here. Try this guy here. We need to shake something up. Let's let's do it. Um, you know, the Blues are going to be Bennington's team, but other teams are saying, eh, you know what? 
is there a difference? Maybe this guy helps. Now, speaking of Reeves, I thought it was very eloquent uh, talking about, you know, the, um, his decision to uh, acknowledge uh, the, uh, the, the push for uh, greater racial awareness and, and equity uh, coming from not only an athletic family, but a, a law enforcement family. Uh, Ryan uh, really stepped up the plate. He had, and Robin Leonard had his back on that as well. But talk about the, the Blues. They, they're acknowledging what's going on in the world and what's going on before these, uh, these games in terms of acknowledging uh, the situation. But right now it appears, JT, from your writing, you're reporting that uh, we don't, can, can not expect some sort of organized uh, response. Yeah, well, actually, that was that was Tom's story, but it doesn't it doesn't look Sorry, like Tom. it. Yeah, he. Uh, I never pay attention to the bylines either, so that, you know. It's a team. We're a team effort. That's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, no, I, and uh, Petro, uh, I liked what he said. I liked that he texted Reeves right away, and that uh, uh, Petro said we haven't really talked about it as a as an entire team, but we've talked about it in small groups, and just as the captain to just be out there and say, hey. If anybody wants to do something, you, you, you have my uh, support, but, you, you know, social media, you, you, you look on that and it's kind of a can't win. You have a lot of people that are uh, saluting Petro for it, but then you have a certain element that, uh, you know, keep the politics out of sport. I, I don't think it's a political issue at all. I think it's a human rights issue. But then you have other people though saying, well, that Petro didn't go far enough. Well, that the blues need to do something then if you feel this way. So uh, it's a tough issue, but personally, I, I, I like the way Petro handled it uh, yesterday. You know, one thing with the blues is that, you know, for kneeling during the uh, U.S. Anthem, there's not many Americans on this team. Uh, you know, I think you, you got uh, Falk and McEckern and um, one other guy whose name is escaping me right now, but uh, there, there's just, you know, not many candidates this begin with because it would seem I think odd for a Canadian player to say I'm going to protest by kneeling during a different country's anthem so okay. it's a uh, uh, it's a different situation oh Zach Sanford is the other the other American on the team um, so anyway so if you're going to you know kneeling during the U.S. anthem there's a limited number of guys who can uh, who could protest on this front and one more on that topic and I know this is a, a sore point that comes up in our chats and, and certainly the comments uh, on the end of our stories, but uh, I was impressed by when this whole thing got started, got kicked off uh, by Matt Dumba. He, he got up there and I thought um, he was a little unsteady, which even made it for me more effective. Like he wasn't, it just wasn't a guy blowing it off. He was, I think he was speaking sincerely. And I thought, I thought, you know, it, it, that was not easy. He was, he was one man standing up there and the whole industry looking at him. And, and I thought he handled it quite well, Jim. Yeah, no, it, it was a very powerful moment. And, you know, he wasn't involved in, in, in the game. Obviously, uh, Minnesota in the, uh, in the bubble. So he just, you know, they, they have a little skywalk. You go from the hotel into the stadium. But, yeah, they said he was, like, rehearsing, like, in the tunnel before. And, yeah, you could tell he was nervous and a little unsteady. He didn't – because he didn't want to bring out, like, note cards, you know, and no teleprompter. <laughs> so uh, uh, it was from the heart. I, 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 thought, it was, uh, I thought it was really a, a special moment. And, uh, you know, the, the, the hockey, the diversity alliance, I, I, I think they're all, you know, uh, worthy things. So I, uh, you know, stick taps from over here to, to Dumba. Yeah, hockey's got some ground to cover. I mean, it's, it's one of those, unlike the NFL or the NBA, the number of, uh, you know, black American or black Canadian players in the league is 
reasonably small. So it's a different, it's the protest takes on a slightly different quality because there's just not that many of them. Uh, but the that's one thing the league wants though is, you know, to get more of them in the league, to get more player, more minorities uh, involved as part of spreading the growth of hockey that is kind of a constant theme for hockey. Okay, now, and back to, back to hockey, as we look at that Golden Knights uh, game, we'll notice that, well, Ryan Reeves, if, assuming he's going to be in the lineup, will, will bang around. We know our old friend Paul Stastny is a really good top six player. They've got two excellent scoring lines. Uh, Mark Stone off to a good start. Uh, Max Pacioretty had uh, some injury issues uh, uh, coming in. Mobile defense, and we mentioned the two goaltenders. This is one of those, the handful of teams on the Western side that feels like it's got a chance. It's played for the cup. Most of those guys are still with the group and uh, they feel, I think they reacted well to the coaching change and um, you know, JT, it's a, it'll be a good test as was Colorado in terms of a team that thinks uh, it could do what the blues did last year. Yeah. Vegas uh, certainly deserves their, their, their uh, heavyweight style. They're obviously they're a heavier team, uh, kind of a little more similar to, to how the blues approach the, uh, the game. Pacioretty uh, still not here. And so uh, they, they've been winning without him, which is saying something that's, you know, he's kind of their Tarasenko. I mean, maybe not quite in Tarasenko's class as a scorer, but 32 goals. But, yeah, they have balance. They had four players with uh, 20 or more goals in, in the uh, in the shortened season. The Shea Theodores, uh, he was like 10th in scoring for, for uh, defensemen. And they really uh, have been – they were one of the hottest teams in the league – Entering the pause, they had they'd won 11 of 13, and the first in that 11 was that 6-5 uh, to five game, the day after uh, Bo Meester had his cardiac uh, uh, episode uh, in uh, Anaheim, and that was the Sanford four-goal game, and, and they came back and rallied, and, and uh, uh, they did the same thing in the round robin. They were down 3-1 to one to Dallas and came back. You, you, you can never relax against this team. They're pretty relentless. Yeah, the, the numbers for Vegas have been really good. And if they can get goaltending, if, if whoever they end up playing can, you know, make the, make the stops and keep the opponent's numbers down, that'll be the key. If they can do that, Vegas can easily be the best team in the Western Conference and, uh, you know, and, and go all the way. Now, looking around at some of the other games out West, uh, it, it did not take long for uh, our town's uh, Matthew Kachuk <laughs> to uh, to reaffirm his uh, his image, and I, I doubt that what he did was on purpose. But Mark Scheifele is a great player. Uh, he gets him with the skate uh, after kind of an awkward uh, you know play along the wall. Uh, Paul Maurice goes all in. You know this is a, a malicious attack on my uh, my top player. Uh, Chuck's like, look, I like the guy. I I train <laughs> with the guy. I wouldn't do that. I mean, well, he would, but he's not. Maybe not to Mark Scheifele. Um, well, what was your, what's your take on, on that? And I guess it did not take long for that to, that series to get interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been fascinating to, uh, to watch and, uh, Kachuk, it looked like to me, he lost his balance and he didn't, he kind of looked like he was trying to get off the collision, kind of off the check. There was, there wasn't a whole lot of contact there. I like Chris, uh, is it Weidman, the St. Louis uh, mm-hmm. product, uh, yeah. who's now, uh, he's going over, going over to Russia to play. And uh, he said, you, if you were going to do that on purpose, you would have to be a hell of a skater, <laughs> a elite skater. And he says that Matthew Kachuk isn't an elite skater. So 
Yeah, I think it was an accident, but yeah, he's really he's really getting that bad boy image now, isn't he? Yeah, of all the guys to to pull that off, that it would be Kachuk, that it wouldn't be you know a Ryan O'Reilly type guy, not in that situation, but Matthew Kachuk finds himself uh, in that situation. I mean, yeah, that happens real fast. That's such a bang bang, and and he probably isn't even aware of where his skate is. On the other hand, he does play. Hey, let's you know all out and let's see where things land at the end kind of guy. So um, while he might have not been trying to do it, it's probably a situation that finds itself more for a, for a guy like Kachuk. Now, Winnipeg finds out quickly just, you know, how tough best of five is. Now, they have a great response uh, after losing game one and losing top players, not only Mark Shifley, but Patrick Laine uh, gets whacked on the wrist. And now they're down two of their top three, uh, three guys. Uh, Ehlers has been more of a uh, more of a, a second line uh, guy, but he he steps up in game two. But man, I tell you, when you get a couple guys hurt in a best of five right off the bat, and he pretty even match up against uh, Calgary there. Um, you know, again, we're reminded this, and the, the New York Rangers can tell you how quick these things can go. But uh, the best of five, JT, it can a couple things happen, and pretty soon you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, and you know, of all the times to, to have a couple injuries, and that just shows you the, you know, the hockey gods uh, frowning upon Winnipeg. How about uh, uh, Connor McDavid and, and, and Edmonton and, 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 and how they've played? Boy, they, they've, there've been so many low scoring, uh, low scoring uh, games, but I guess the defense forgot about that series, man, that, that, that's like a track meet with Chicago. That's a fun one to watch. That's kind of like, I think my favorite series so far of, uh, of the bunch has been the uh, Chicago Edmonton series. That's who knows what could happen that one because, you know, I mean, Chicago showed, you know, they can, you know, they, they can win games in that series. If they had a power play, that would probably help. But uh, I mean, how can they not have a good power play, but they don't, uh, or at least they didn't. I mean, they had like what four consecutive power plays you know, last night and or the night before, whatever night that last game was, and they just never scored. And it's like, something's got to change. Yeah, Chicago had a chance really to take charge of that series. First to talk about those guys, you know, we're reminded watching them play that, oh, yeah, they still have Patrick Kane. They still have Jonathan Taze. I would say probably the ghost of Duncan Keith. I'm not sure that's really Duncan Keith out there. <laughs> and then they've got, you know, but Kubelik. I mean, he's a yeah. – of all the – typically those European veterans uh, disappoint. You know, they're productive over there, but at a certain by a certain age, you're not going to be able, be able to come over – and play at the tempo you're, you need to uh, in the NHL. But he certainly can and does and did in game one. And so here they come, Colleton coaching offense, uh, you know, Crawford shaking off the rust. I mean, you know, hadn't done much <laughs> leading into that uh, after, other than the Blues game. And uh, so they put they, – they get the upper hand. And so Chicago, that's a 12 seed. And by at least winning the first game – Man, they, they showed you again that we talked about it in the last podcast. The difference between one and twelve, uh, not great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Debrinket, what's happened to Debrinket? He's just kind of not only has he disappeared in these playoffs, but he just he just didn't have the season he did uh, he did a year ago. But uh, yeah, sometimes defense is a little bit of an issue for uh, for both of those teams. And and again, maybe because it's been such a different style of play, that's that's why it's been. Uh, so much fun. You know, I'm, I'm not as familiar with the Eastern side, but man, is Sebastian Ajo fun to watch. I mean, <laughs> that, that goal he scored the other day, wasn't exactly like the one Connor McDavid scored uh, uh, the other day, but uh, man, that guy has got some wheels and he's got some skill. 23 years old, I think. 
we have seen some great individual uh, plays. We have between McDavid, Aho. Um, there's just been some guy, you know, people have just taken it upon themselves. And, and I guess some of that you're going to get because if you, all you need is one deep, you know, defenseman who's a little slow or isn't totally up to speed yet, who, who could get blown past and make anyone look great. But there have been some, I think, tremendous individual efforts uh, on the offensive side that we've seen in uh, this postseason. Yeah, I'll add one to that uh, list on, on Colorado. Um, Svechnikov got absolutely wasted in the middle of the ice with a crushing hit. And he just pops up, goes back, you know, lost a stick, but he you know, got right back up, got right back into the play. Then that guy's a load. Now, for whatever reason, his brother just hasn't done squat for the, for the winged wheel. But Svechnikov could be, you know, yeah. man. I mean, I think he's – I think there's more there than even with Tarasenko. And that says a lot because Laddie's really good, consistent scorer in the league for a number of years. But, man, there's just something about that kid. He wants to be a star. I tell you what, too, the uh, series that has been fun and it's been late, the old man here fell asleep before the end of it last night, is that Minnesota-Vancouver game. Yeah. My gosh, are they roughing up Elias Pettersson. It's like, okay, <laughs> sweet boy, you think you're going to do some of that fancy stuff in the middle of the ice? Oh, my, I think especially the, the first game, what, what they did to him, I, I think he can be arrested in several countries. But it's, uh, it's all about the cup, which should – you know, favor the Blues. The more physical, the the more aggressive teams, the teams that are willing to hit usually kind of come to the forefront here. Pedersen did get in a cheap shot. He did a punch to the back of the head to someone uh, uh, last night that uh, I think went uncalled. But uh, That was Jordan Bennington, still upset over if, uh, losing out the Calder Trophy to him, yeah. Yeah, but then that, that game was great to the last moment when, uh, you know, uh, old friend of at least mine, Brad Hunt, almost uh, – Putting one in from uh, from center ice almost that was uh, been a dramatic uh, not conclusion because it would have tied the game but uh, that was a would have been a, a big uh, an amazing goal had that gone in. Really, alas, I was I was snoring at that moment. So, but you know, Pedersen uh, is is he does he put any weight on? Because I remember you know. <laughs> He was about 165, 170. Yeah, yeah. When he comes yeah. into the league. I mean, he is he is a, truly amazing. And I, and I guess I guess that's why he fell. Uh, but JT, a guy like that falling in the draft. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I kind of like uh, Vancouver's future now. I mean, you know, uh, you got your Brock Besser, you got your Bo Harvat, you got you got a uh, 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 Quinn Hughes. So they they've got some pieces and. If for some chance the Blues ended up facing them in, in the uh, round of 16, that's that's not going to be any bargain. When I was talking to analytics guys uh, during the pause, and there were a few like, you know, Pedersen could have been the MVP of this league, should have, you know, had the numbers. If you look at everything, that here was a guy that had a really legitimate claim uh, for the heart. I don't think he got many votes for it probably, but that uh, there was people that saw him as being, you know, like the best guy in the league. Now, another one I watched over on the East, uh, you know, Montreal doesn't have a lot of firepower. They've got some real efficiency with that group. And, you know, again, we talk about play. Uh, play off the puck, they were hitting Crosby every chance they got. didn't matter if the puck was in the rink or somewhere else. It just didn't matter. They were doing – and same with uh, Jake Unsel was getting it again and again. And they were – Max Domi, who got pushed down to the fourth line, was suddenly channeling his, his, his father, Ty, running around and, and causing havoc. And – yeah, I mean, and then they pressed, and, you know, Crosby responded just like Connor McDavid did um, with a great game, too, and, and as did Jake. But, 
wow, just unpleasant. You know, they're, they're, the, the Penguins are having a fight for their lives to get by a, a Canadian team again, like, like Chicago. That doesn't know. deserve to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, they were off the grid and got put mm-hmm. back on the grid because they needed a, a 24th team. And, and yeah. yet they're making it miserable. Now, I haven't watched as much of that series as some of the others, but, man, Carey Price, it, Tom alluded to it earlier, if you, have, if you have a good goaltender, and, I mean, Pittsburgh, they've thrown like a million shots at him. I think, you know, 70, 75, 80 shots on goal in, in the two games, and he hasn't given up much, man. That, that series is – it's very, very close. Yeah, Jim alluded to this in his story on the bubble this morning. I got to – you know, especially when these series are going on, the Blues are still playing round robins. But the potential for some of these guys to get in the same elevator together at the hotel. I mean, you know, if, if Winnipeg guys get in the same elevator with Matthew Kachuk or in some of these cases, you know, uh-huh. where, and some of the teams are in different hotels. But, yeah, all of a sudden, what would you do if you're in the elevator with some of those guys? Here's your chance, and you can start wailing away on <laughs> Like, who's the guy that Furland speared there? Who was, who was that guy? Like, if he runs into that guy in the elevator, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Luke Conan grabs a stick, and the next thing you know, it's yeah, it's spirit. Hartman, I think, was it Hartman? He, yeah, he yeah Hartman got it. Yeah, and what what if like you know, forty five minutes at the game, those two guys are riding up the elevator? I I don't know, I don't know about that. And and what I loved about that whole thing with Furland was this is a guy that missed almost the entire season with a concussion, wouldn't have been wouldn't have been able to play except for the the summer off, his very first shift. <laughs> in the tournament, ah, they draw, there he goes. He's he's fighting Felino. So I, I know. I mean, they're hockey players, JT. Yeah, it's been it has been fabulous. It's it's been fun, and now you know they're starting to they're starting to fall by the wayside. We're getting to the point now where there, there's elimination games. So it's just, this has been fantastic. I mean, they're not out of the woods yet. Zero positive tests though. The first week in the bubble, but it looks like the NHL's done it right. Yeah, and being in Edmonton or Toronto, especially in Edmonton where the, the rates are much lower, there's less of a chance that for something to wander in by accident as opposed to, you know, baseball going somewhere. I mean, you're probably walking around Edmonton and it's like, you know what, you're, it's maybe one of the safest places in North America you could be right now. Yeah, all of Alberta, which is about uh, population-wise, about the size of Missouri, maybe a little less population, but and not to minimize any death, but 196 deaths for the whole, you know, for the whole province, for the whole time, and maybe about 35 in, in, in Edmonton, what, in the, like the St. Louis metro area, it's, it's, isn't it about 1,000? I think, I think so, if you add up the east side and St. Louis, St. Louis County and St. Charles County. So, yeah, uh, they, they've, done a, they've done a real good job here. I mentioned in, in one of the stories how uh, if you drive up to a fast food place, uh, you know, when, uh, when, when Gardo is getting a couple extra tacos for his buddy, uh, Phil, uh, Phil Kessler, uh, <laughs> they'll hand you a, uh, they'll hand you a free pack of uh, masks. Just here, have some masks. So, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've handled it well. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, going into this, I was, people would say, how likely you think it is that they pull it off? And I would say yeah, 50, 50, maybe even less that they pull it off. Now it seems like I don't know how they can't pull it off. I mean, obviously, as you've seen with the Cardinals, all it takes is one person and then it can spread and you have to start isolating people. But, uh, you know, it's, it's looked so good so far that, you know, it seems to me that it's now like, you know, 80%, 90% that this, if not higher, that this gets done. Because, and as you're going to see teams 
going out that there's going to be fewer people yeah. around, less chance of, of something happening, easier to contain things. Well, on that optimistic note, because certainly Cardinal fans would love a little optimism right now, we'll end this edition of NetFront Presence. A reminder that you can find this podcast on our videos and all the podcasts that we do here on STL Today on our website, stltoday.com. And uh, if you're not subscribing and maybe you want to try out that digital subscription, it's a, it's a much better user experience. Get access to, to cool things, some some of our chats, like with Commissioner Rick Hummel, that uh, we do some special chats on there. So uh, please do subscribe, support local journalism. Until next time, for Jim Thomas in Edmonton and Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. We'll see you later. Bye, everybody.